Hello friends, it's Jaden, the Bait the Bait, head editor and producer. I just wanted to let you guys know that the podcast should be coming out every other Wednesday as Lori and Jocelyn forgot to mention that in this week's episode. Once again, it should be coming out every other Wednesday, so mark your calendar. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hi, I'm Lori Coates. I am a BCBA school psychologist and bait team coordinator. And I'm Jocelyn Ruiz, BCBA and bait team co-coordinator. And this is our fifth episode of Bait Debate Topics We're Tackling. Bait Debate will address simple research-based behavioral practices that will work with individual students or groups of students in school settings. The situations and questions will be adapted from what we are seeing and hearing in schools. These are common struggles with students of all abilities. Although they are simple strategies, they will be effective at decreasing challenging behavior and making your day just a little easier. We're excited to share these strategies to make them available to SPET teachers, gen ed teachers, and other staff working in schools. We will occasionally have special guests from the field joining us, and we are also excited about having the opportunity for you guys to submit your questions. We can submit those to Bait Debate Podcast. That is B-A-I-T-D-E-B-A-T-E podcast at gmail.com. We are looking forward to hearing about what you guys are experiencing. So last episode, we talked about push for power. Yes. And how we may sometimes find ourselves in a power struggle. Lori, did you have any experiences recently that highlight this important concept? Yeah, this experience was is one of my favorites, and it's not super, super recent, but I love to share it because it was such an example of a teacher getting out of that power struggle. So the student this is in a classroom where students are on a level system. The student is really having one of those days of not wanting to follow directions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think third, fourth grade, He's rolling around on the floor, screaming and yelling, and the teacher has had it. It has been way too long. She just, you know. And so the level system was colors, and white is the lowest level, and that's where you have to recover and do some other things to get back up on the level system. And she, he wasn't even near white. He was like four levels away or three levels away from white. She pulled the white card through it <laughs> in the pocket where his level would show and said, that's it, you're on white, which obviously a power struggle. We're going mm-hmm. to the highest degree of negative consequences. The wonderful thing was when she shared the story and I talked to the student later, she stopped and looked at him and said, I didn't handle that well. And he said, no, you didn't. <laughs> and he, you know, and she said, I can correct my mistake. She mm-hmm. went back. She said, where would that put you on the level system? The student is all of a sudden calm because the teacher owned it uh-huh. and got out of that power struggle. When I asked the student the next day about it, I said, I heard your teacher made a mistake yesterday. And he said, yep, but we can fix mistakes. And she made it all better. And I thought, there you go. You can mm-hmm. be in a power struggle, come out of that power struggle work well with with yeah. students so yeah it was a great story that, that is a great story thanks yeah. for sharing that you bet. my story is just kind of a collection of something that I see commonly in schools mm. um, and it's when teachers aren't clear with the direction that they're giving the students so by being clear I mean like things like say a student has something out. Let's say their phone. Mm-hmm. But we're going to use a secondary oh, example here. Because that is common. 
Yeah, so teacher tells the student, put your phone away. And the student just kind of hides it under the desk or technically the phone is put away. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't exactly the expectation that the teacher would have for the student. Mm -hmm. So then the teacher gets into power struggles. I told you to put your phone away. Well, it is away. <laughs> yeah. And or other common things are you tell a student, I need you to go sit in your chair. They go sit in their chair, but they're facing the wrong way. Teachers can get into power struggles. I need you to face the right way and just kind of go back and forth between those. And in those moments, it's important to just take the loss. <laughs> just accept it. Um, you gave an unclear direction. And next time, you're going to remember to tell the student exactly what it is that you want them to do. Right. Like for sitting in your seat, now please turn facing the front of the classroom, right? Yes. So just moving past the power struggle. Mm -hmm. Right, because you lost. <laughs> yeah, it's and okay. that's going to happen sometimes. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so what is our topic for today, Lori? Our topic for today is when in doubt, wait it out. So waiting um, when you're in kind of an escalated situation is to, um, it gives you a chance for staff to pause. It gives maybe even a chance for you to calm down a little bit because sometimes in a situation you've just had it, you really need the student to cooperate, you really need the screaming to stop, the whining, whatever it is. So if you stop, it gives you a chance. That's what waiting mm -hmm. can do. It also gives the student an opportunity to be empowered and independent about de-escalating. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I've heard adults tell a student or staff tell a student, just calm down, just calm down. And no one in the history of ever, right, has calmed <laughs> yeah. down when someone told them to. So give them a chance to do that. I think we can all imagine times when somebody just gave us a minute when mm -hmm. we were frustrated or upset. And so that can really help you as a, as a human. The other thing that waiting can do is just remove staff attention. Sometimes the student is just eating up. They're so excited about all this attention that's coming their way. Mm -hmm. So if I wait... I don't talk, right, then I remove that attention. So that's an important thing that waiting does for us. Yes. So Jocelyn, like, what does waiting look like? Less is more when it comes to waiting. <laughs> True. So less talking, less eye contact, less stimulation, just less of everything. When we're waiting, we also need to be aware of our body positioning. So... We want to make sure that we are still having a visual of the student, but we're not going to be directly looking at the student. My body, we want our hands to be open. Again, making sure we're not crossing our arms, putting our hands in our, on our hips, because then we're probably in a power struggle. Right. And it so, feels confrontational. It doesn't feel kind at all. Yes, no. yes. So, yeah, we don't want to be intimidating to students, so watching our posture. The other thing that um, you can do also while you're waiting is just scanning your environment and seeing if there's things around that may need to be removed, such as objects. Maybe there's peers in the area or other staff walking by. This is especially true like in hallways. Right. <laughs> hallways, you get lots of external reinforcement from other staff or other children. So. Just kind of generally being aware of what's in your area and if you 
need to remove things or redirect staff to different locations, making sure, um, or that's also an opportunity for you to do that. Students usually have these difficult episodes, right? In an area that's more public, in the hallway, yes. in the foyer, in the, Lunch and that room. becomes really okay. difficult to um, wait, but still kind of provide dignity mm -hmm. for that student. So removing those yeah. eyeballs is important. Yes, yes. So yeah, less is more. And when we're waiting, we don't want to be talking to the student. So remembering why am I talking when you're in wait? Yes, that is what wait stands for. Why yes. am I talking? Mm -hmm. I think that that's the thing we've seen escalate situations much more is when adults, staff are continue to talk to the student when really they need a minute. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, so remember, less is more. Why am I talking? Absolutely. So when we're in wait, how long are we waiting? That is the big question. I have had people say, I can't wait all day. You probably won't, but you could. I think it's important to know it could... I've heard in a, in a specific curriculum, waiting could take a long time, it could take a short time, it could just take an inconvenient amount of time. So, you know, remember that, that it could take a little bit of time. If you wait properly, that wait time will go down over yes. time. If you take the attention away and then you praise immediately, right? Mm -hmm. You're looking for, how long do you wait? You're looking for the student to de-escalate a little bit. And as you see them behave more calmly, then you may want to try to prompt mm -hmm. at that point. And then watch your prompt. You may have to go back to waiting, right? Yes. So your prompt, if you say to the student, sit up for me, please. And they scream, well, I was too quick. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is to be careful not to give something that's too big. We all want the student back in their seat and doing the work that mm -hmm. we presented already. Mm -hmm. uh, give, give time for that and give them more. We talk a little bit in behavior analytic terms about behavior momentum. Yes. So giving smaller, low-demand things that you want the student to do before asking for in your seat mm -hmm. and doing your work. And praising those small oh, things absolutely. that we're asking them to do. Any little thing. Yes. Right? Even if they do it without us asking. Mm -hmm. So if they sit up and they stop screaming, you know, yeah. it's okay for us to say, thanks for sitting up and using a quiet voice. I love it. You yes. Know? They may scream back at you, which means they weren't ready. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Um, I just think it's important to remember to praise the low level, give the mm -hmm. low level, and then you can increase those demands as the students do better as they're yes. uh, de-escalating more. Mm -hmm. The other thing about how long, I think it's important to give yourself grace. Sometimes I think educators feel like it's taking too long. I must mm -hmm. not be doing this right. Yes. Give yourself grace because the wait could take a while the first few times. Mm -hmm. After that, students will get used to it. They'll start responding more quickly. But know that it's not you doing something wrong. It's no. just the time that's needed. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. And yeah. it's fair. Mm -hmm. completely yeah and over time your wait time is going to get shorter so it does just think about that <laughs> <laughs> always yeah. remember that because that's the hard part yeah one thing that we always say that kind of helps us remember that this isn't forever is that 3 30 comes and <laughs> every day yep 
Three <laughs> thirty comes and the bus comes or the parent comes come or uh, some family member or caregiver comes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you won't be in this in situation forever. Yeah, it doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. It feels like it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Bait Debate. We're so excited to have the opportunity to talk about when in doubt, wait it out that it's okay to give yourself time. It's okay to give the student time. And this will echo that empathy again. I think I'm going to say echo empathy every time we meet. We hope the information that we've presented is helpful for you. We have lots more exciting topics we're going to cover throughout the school year to get you reeled in. Catch you next time.